0: Cleveland Sports Show starts now. Booyah.
1: Ooh, we got a little extra? And had an extra transition. Director extra. Anthony back for day number two for director Steve, who's on his cruise. We don't know what kind of cruise it is. We just know it is a cruise. Is he really on a cruise? He is on a cruise. He is. A, he, oh,
0: yeah. We know what he We know what's going on. He texted the group. He was alive in Mexico. Survived day one. He's Congratulations, in Mexico, Steve. started in Mexico. Well, today. he was on Sunday. He was Sunday. yesterday, he was
1: yeah. We'll see where he goes today.
0: Well, welcome to the Ultimate Cleveland
1: Sports Show, ladies and gentlemen. Mikey McNuggets, Tyvis Powell, Jason Lowe. We got Earl the Pearl behind the glass. We have Anthony directing for us today. A big Tuesday show in store. And before we get into our topics, which will cover the Browns, the Guardians, the Cavs' loss, we interviewed Imani Bates, an exclusive one-on-one with Imani coming up in a bit. But first, we were talking about potential new intro songs if we could have... All the exclusive rights we wanted, which obviously we can't afford because that costs a lot, a lot of money, and Tegna's not going to shell out millions of dollars for us to use. But Tavis, it was up to you. What would the intro song to UCSF be? Well, city?
2: after talking to Earl to Pearl, and I understand that there's going to be a significant amount of people that don't know this song, but it is a, it's a banger, especially amongst the African-American community. We decided that we would go with Gucci Man Swing My Door, it's one of those songs that if you haven't heard it, do yourself a favor and go play
1: it. Jason, are you familiar with that, that track?
0: Uh, Gucci Man, Swing My Door? Swing My Door. I know Prada Man, Bang My Door, but I don't know <laughs> Gucci Man, Swing My Door. I don't know that one. <laughs> it's, a, it's, a, it's a very good
2: song. It was on chicken talk. It was on a mixtape.
0: I mean, I, I, like, it was playing when I walked in, right? That's what it was yeah!
1: I sure was playing. It wasn't. I? Yeah. <laughs> all right, would you co sign that as the unofficial, official secondary open of the Ultimate Cleveland Sports
3: Show? i definitely co sign that, man. Gucci Man Swing My Doe should definitely be the uh, open for the Ultimate Cleveland Sports Show. I think our fans of all races, creeds, and genders would literally bob their head to it. You know what I mean? It puts you in a certain, mood. It a a nice in a certain mindset. It got a nice mindset. It
1: gets you going. My only question, Director Steve would be the one that has to play it every morning. What would Director Steve's reaction be to hearing that song? I can guarantee you Director Steve has never heard that song. He would
2: listen to it the first time, and he would go, "Eh, you know, it's got a nice beat to it, you know, I like it, you know. And then before you know it, he'll be singing the words,
0: swing my dough, swing my dough. He would be asking questions
3: about the mathematics (laughs) being mentioned in the song.
0: (laughs) How long until he shows up with like a chain... They don't okay. need all that
2: you don't need all that
0: They don't
2: need all, Steve is he has his own style he's like a Urkel he's got an Urkel type style <laughs> he,
1: you know. but we actually should the, he's not here so we can't do this when he's not here but when Steve gets back next week Earl let's put a pin in this and chat remind me to remind you guys when director Steve's back let's roast director Steve one day I think he's the only one out here who's never been roasted for something they've worn on the show so let's let's roast director Steve next Friday all in favor? Him and
2: his Skechers.
1: Uh, on Thursday, when you're here, we'll do it on Thursday. Yeah, with
2: you know, I got, I've been I've been saving up for Steve. You know, you know that's my arch enemy back there. <laughs> <laughs> I just I feel so at peace. You, you, it was just good vibes coming in here. I didn't have that negativity when I walked in here. I didn't have to see
1: his face. Well, how does it feel that he's on a cruise <laughs> this week and then you're copying him next week? Like going on I'm not to copying him. I'm not copying. See,
0: oh, it's Buckhead Cruise next week. Yeah, yeah I'll be. I'll, Steve, will start first. on Saturday.
2: St- What's the difference between me and Steve is I this is not a pineapple cruise.
0: (laughs) (laughs) Uh, But but which way is the pineapple going? Oh his his is upside down.
2: (laughs) His is
1: upside down. We we love Steve.
0: There's no way he's watching, so
1: I guess we can see He'll come back and watch all 10 hours of UCSS this week. though You do know that. like Steve will see everything that is said about him throughout the week. So, Steve, hopefully you enjoy your cruise. I didn't say anything. Hopefully you enjoy your cruise and we'll see you back Monday. Anthony's directed for us. He directed the Amani Bates interview, which will be coming up here shortly. Earl put a great question on the rundown today. Which team is closer to winning a championship right now, the Browns or the Cavs? Could Justin Fields be headed to the AFC North? Which Guardians player is poised for the biggest second-year breakout? on the pitching staff and the Cavs lost last night but Darius Garland found his groove all that's coming up in a sec but first Earl you are a rich man today aren't you my friend
3: I'm rich every day because I'm around y'all great people but I got a few more dollars in my pocket man you know why, why? because right uh because get buckets with your first bet fan to America's number one sports book because right now New customers get $150 in bonus bets with any winning $5 bet. That's $150 if your bet wins. Bet on all your favorite NBA players and teams with quick bets, live uh, same-game parlays, exclusive props, and more. And me, take, take, take that for That's my winning ticket. Okay. That's my winning ticket. Okay. And before I put my ticket in, you know, I went on Twitter, and I said, I feel good. I think Darius Garland is going to have his – Highest scoring output game since returning from injury. I said he's going to score about 20 points and, and hit at least uh, two three-pointers. So, for all those that I don't think uh, he's talented or that I don't like him, I wouldn't have put money on him if I didn't think of those two. So
2: You know what's crazy? Is I think I either saw you post that either in the chat or on he Twitter. It.
1: He tweeted it.
3: Before,
2: yeah, so like people could, you was actually showing, like, you was putting people on, the so. I, t- tra- I bet you
3: nobody, I bet you nobody trolled it.
2: I mean, all you gotta do is check the comments on the, on the tweet, and they'll
0: tell you if they, they hit or not. I doubt if they did. That, <laughs> I, I doubt if they did. Can you throw that ticket back up? Because that didn't look outrageous. What was it, Donovan for 30? It was a 10 part parlay. Like you only see a couple. Oh, it's 10 part. Oh my I'm about goodness. to pull it up for you right now. Oh, my goodness.
1: Yeah, it was, I mean, Those it was hard. Earl took some alternate lines, which you know, made it a little more reasonable. You know, I don't was, know anything
0: about those things. You, like I, you know, what's crazy? I've never I, bet alternate lines. I have I put, a hard enough time with one line. Me, me little, too. Yeah.
2: I put a ticket in yesterday, twelve leg parlay. I put two dollars on it, and I missed it. You know why I missed it? By one leg. Guess honest. What, no. It was all calves. Oh. Uh, I took the under on Garland. Well, you you. The only thing, you everything went else Earl. hit. You want to Never. Well, I put team. mines in in the morning before he no. posted. It. <laughs> Y'all
3: took the under on Garland. He did. Yeah. As the as man as has Earl. played.
2: The man has played in what four or five games. He's Be had careful. more. He hasn't had no more than 14 points in those in those four or five games he's played since. That's not played. his
1: first game. He scored 20. Did he score 20 yeah, against the Pistons? Oh, I'm not. I'm not. It's the Pistons. All <laughs> right. Well, speaking <laughs> of Terrence Garland and the Cavs, their win streak came to an end last night against the Philadelphia 76ers. They fell 123 121. They made it close. They were down 10 with about 90 seconds to go. They made it a two point game. Garland missed a potential three at the buzzer. We'll talk about the game after we talk about DG. As Earl mentioned, his highest scoring performance since coming off the injury. Nine, turn, uh, nine assists, excuse me, zero turnovers. That's the point guard DG you hope and expect. Jason, what do you see from DG as he continues to assimilate? not assimilate, acclimate himself, excuse me,
0: to this Cavs offense. I like the 9 no turnovers more than anything else. Mm-hmm. The turnovers have been an issue for him at times this year. Uh, he was in command of the ball. He's going to be fine. Like, the the talk before the trade deadline about you had to move Darius was kind of making my head explode because I didn't – I just – it's prisoner of the moment, and it's very short-sighted because last year nobody was saying that about, about Darius and Donovan. They seemed to play okay together last year. So where all this came from now, it, it didn't really make a lot of sense. So he's – there will be times where the offense runs through Donovan and Darius will have to play off the ball. There's going to be times where the ball runs through Darius and Donovan has to play off the ball. We know Donovan can do it. The Cavs are fairly certain Darius can do it. They've got all kinds of data that they'll run at you and show you that he's very comfortable playing off the ball. We haven't seen it as much this year, but he's had a lot of injuries. He's how many games he played now? 27, 28, something like that. Yeah. So we're, you know, over the midway point of the season, almost at the all-star break. And people want to throw their hands up and say, what's wrong with Darius? Well, part of the problem is he hadn't played. He hadn't played a lot. So you're making long-term uh, assumptions Assumptions on short-term data, I guess, is the best way to say it. So you just have to let him play a little bit more and get his feet <laughs> under him. They should have won that game. I did not watch the game live last night. I had a 100 things going on. Uh, but I went back and watched a little bit of it this morning. And that's, that's a game that was right there for them to win. They should have won the game. They didn't. It happens, man. Like, there's games like that all the time in the league that – uh, you should win and you don't. There's games that you steal that you probably should have lost that you won. So <laughs> really not that big of a deal that they lost the game. Uh, but I was encouraged by what we saw to Darius for sure.
1: I know he's your favorite Cavs, tie. Do you agree with Jason's point that it's just taking time for Darius to get reacclimated to this offensive system?
2: Yeah, I was never in uh, the camp of trading Darius. That's That's blasphemy to me. I mean, he's – Like I said, when the playoffs came around, he actually was a little spark that you needed, you know, and I think you need that for the rest of the season. I think for me, when I watched him last night, he's getting comfortable with, he's finding his role. See, this Cavs team without him, they established themselves to play a certain type of way, and everybody was like, well, how does Darius fit into this? And I think those first games he was trying to figure out, let me see how do I fit into this role. And obviously with more repetition, you you get better at that, and – The fact that he had nine assists is great. I mean, he was trending in that direction for the last couple of games. I think he had six, seven. So he was trending in that way as far as, you know, finding the open guys. (laughs) But the scoring was the thing for me that was encouraging. I mean, he hit some threes. He hit some some really good shots. He got everybody involved. He looked like the guy that I know that he's gonna be. And you also need that guy to take the ball out of Donovan Mitchell's hands sometimes that can also produce and create and be productive. And that's what he is. but as far, only thing I'm only thing I'm sad about is that he had the corner tray at the end and he missed it. Yeah. That's yeah. that's the only he shorted it too. Boy, you got to put some big legs into it or something. You know, if it was me, <laughs> I would have stood on the desk like Kobe Bryant after I hit that <laughs> shot. But yeah, that's the only thing yeah. for me is that he missed that that wide open tray at the end.
1: Two things I noticed in last night's game about Garland: a, they, I thought the Cavs made a conscious effort to get him going early. Yeah, and right off the bat, first two possessions, Garland go do your thing, pick and roll at Mobley, see what you get. He made a little uh, eight, nine-foot jumper, mm-hmm. had a pass to the corner, they missed a shot. But they tried to get him going early, get him into rhythm. And once he was in a rhythm, you saw everything kind of fall into place. Mm-hmm. He is their second-best playmaker. There's not a question about that. He had nine assists last night. Everyone outside of Mitchell, who plays guard, combined for 11 assists. He had nine. Everyone not named Mitchell. We're talking Struce, Lovert, Okoro, you could throw Niang in there, too, and there's one more guy I'm forgetting. Jared uh, Allen. Struce. <laughs> no, Allen and Mobile, I don't count. They're big, They're not playmaking the same way. They combined for 11. Garland had nine. So you need that secondary playmaker on the court in crunch time when it matters because if they double-team, put all their attention on. Donovan need a second guy yes. to go out there. Secondly, Garland's an assassin in transition. And last night, and we'll get to the big picture of the game in a sec, they got crushed in transition defensively. Mm-hmm. I thought their defensive transition effort was – was frankly pretty poor. Donovan talked about it after the game. It just yes. wasn't good enough. But offensively, as soon as they got aboard and they dominated the glass with Allen and Mobley going up against Paul Reed and Kelly Oubre as their, their bigs, Garland was getting out and running. And he had a couple plays where he took it to the rack himself. He had a beautiful pass to Max Struess in the third quarter for an open layup. And when the Caps can get up and down the court like that, their defense, we'll talk about in a sec, it was a bad defensive game. They'll be better than that on a regular basis. But if they're going to score 121 points, I feel pretty damn good about the Cavs being able to close out games and win mm-hmm. with 121 points. And if Garland's getting up and down in transition, opening the floor for everyone else, that's going to make offense so much
0: easier for the other four guys on the court. This is a young team. They should. They were last in the league last year in pace. And, and it made know, no sense. It made no sense. Yeah. Since January 3rd, since this tear that they went on, I think they're second or third in the league in fast break points, which is where they should be. Like This is a young team that should be able to get up and down the floor. They should push the tempo. They should get out and try and run in transition. And then, if it's not there, then pull it back, run a set, run your half court. Although their half court typically is is really just pick and roll heavy, but they should look for easy baskets. And I don't know why it wasn't happening before, but it certainly has been uh, since this, since the start of the new year, since twenty twenty four. It has been.
1: It's actually they've been rebounding better since the start of the new year. They've been killing. Kind of doesn't it, like, like the eye test doesn't match the. The eye test doesn't match the lineups because you would assume they're a better rebounding team with Mobley and Allen. I think in the long run, they are. Yeah. Mm-hmm. But they had been at their best rebounding when Mobley got hurt in that, you know, were what, what they with, 13 of 14 before yeah. Mobley came back. Whatever the exact number was. I think that was. has
2: to do with the fact that Mobley's not down there now, so we got to make up for it. Like and, I think, and everyone's and, game. Yeah, everybody Mobley, in their yeah. minds, like, we can't just let yeah. Allen do it by himself. Not at Mobley's back, Subconsciously, you're like we're good on. And the you,
1: board. it's also easier to get in transition when exactly. your four when is yeah. Dean Wade or Isaac Accor as opposed to Evan Mobley. And Okoro is not playing the four, but you have you know four mm. guards who are getting up and down, running. And I think that plays into their hand, as Jason said. They're a younger team. They're relatively athletic, which I don't think they were last season. Up and down the line, they may be undersized at certain mean? positions. What, do you, what do you mean? What? Last season, they were not a super athletic team. It's the same five, except Shrew. yeah, but Mobley's bigger and stronger now. Mitchell's taking his game to another level. Akur- who was our
2: who was our four, our our three Mowgli. last year? No, three. A Coral. A Coral. Oh, okay, yeah. I'm just saying they're they're
1: like it, it's the team that plays a better transition style. You get up and down easier when you have Garland and Mitchell. That's a rebound outlet, two dribbles. You're in position to score. Kick to the corner and with the shooters they have now, whether it's Struess, Niang, Wade, who they have missed dearly last night. I yeah. want to talk about him in a sec. Uh, Even Okoro now who can hit an open three. Mm -hmm. They're two dribbles. It's 19 seconds on the shot clock, 20 seconds on the shot clock. And you got D.J. or Garland at the top of the key with two guys in the corner. Three on two. That's scary. Yeah, pick your poison. That's scary. And they're getting easy buckets time after time on those
0: kind of opportunities. Now, compare that to last year when it was... Danny Green. Well, it was Jetty in the Knicks series. I think it was (laughs) Jetty driving with, like... Oh, God, who is – Stevens in one corner and, like, Jetty. Okoro in oh, yeah. the other or something oh, yeah. like that. And I remember looking at, like – I was on, it was a home game, and I was at Press Row going, like, what or what, what am I – Yeah. This has no I forgot chance all about – Lamar Stevens just got picked up by the Grizzlies. He had a great
1: I, dunk last night. I but I you look at the overall rotation, and it is crazy. The roster turnover, <laughs> turnover from last year to this year, they don't have a weak link in the rotation right now. I, yeah. I mean, at least you could trust 10 guys legitimately to play – at least a few minutes. But so we'll find out when. Uh, I'm just saying, right now, Tristan comes back. And make that 11. You could add Tristan to 11. But right, like last year, if they went to the bench, it was over. They
2: had yeah, four guys. Yeah, to trust Jetty, Lamar, Dean,
1: Danny Green, and, and none Danny of them. Green. And
0: none of them should have been Jetty and Lamar. Should not be in a playoff rotation. Jetty should no. be your eighth or ninth person. I yeah. mean, La- yeah. Lamar, Lamar too. can't shoot. Yeah. Lamar can't shoot. So to Mike's point, they have so much more depth. And hopefully this continues with Dean. He went through a lot last year. He had the shoulder injury. He had the whole replacing Kevin Love thing that I think messed with him a little bit. Mm-hmm. Hopefully that's all beyond behind him. Because if he can continue to shoot and play like this, and, and he's a better defender, I think, than people give him credit for, than, than he people is. realize. So if he can continue to play like this, that's a game changer. Because they had no bigs off the bench in that playoff series last year. None. They could not play a big off the bench. I want to bring one more thing up with DG here, though, real quick. I
1: don't even
2: know who our backup center was.
0: There was all last year? Yeah.
1: Robin Lopez. Robin Lopez. Oh, my God! So you see what I'm saying? Yeah. (laughs) But but, but back back to DG, the way that JB, and it's early, the rotations aren't set by any means, but just kind of going off how we've seen, JB's taking Mitchell out about the six, seven-minute mark of the first quarter, and he's (laughs) letting Evan Mobley and Darius Garland kind of lead the second unit right now. He's doing a pretty good job staggering their minutes where one of those two is always on the court. And just like we've seen Donovan and Jared Allen develop this, special pick-and-roll chemistry that Mm -hmm. doesn't necessarily show up in the box score. There's no stat that says this pick-and-roll works as opposed to other pick-and-rolls. There have been a few times in the last few games where the DG Evan Mobley pick-and-roll has produced that same magic. And last night, it was the last play before the end of the first half. Donovan Mitchell gets trapped up top. They're running some wonky. Philly tried throwing some zones at them in the first half yesterday. It didn't work out very well. Mm -hmm. Darius Garland flashed to the uh, foul line. Donovan does a little pump fake dishes to him. Garland takes one step, looks to his left at Jared Allen, throws a no-look alley-oop to Evan Mobley on the right. They're developing a really special chemistry that's going to be fun to watch in the last 30 games of the season. And if they could have two pick-and-roll combinations on the court at any given time, Mitchell and Allen, Garland and Mobley, that's a legitimate offensive play you could run any shot clock situation, any scenario, any opponent – that puts a ton of pressure on the opposing.
2: Defense. I think the Garland and Mobley one is a little more deadlier because you you can get two points or three points either way. if he, yeah. if he picks and pops to, to the three. That's a, Mobley got the the game to hit it, and if he goes to the, that's 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 nasty. I like it. <laughs> I <do. laughs> I'm, through it through the, I, right I'm playing the scenario like if we go up against the Knicks again. That's Julius Randle and probably Jalen Brunson versus those two. I well, like to the, Mike's like point, this
0: <laughs> team is gonna be a lot more difficult to guard in a, in a series than they were last year. Cavs were very easy to guard last year. Yeah, They're gonna be much more difficult to guard because there's there's more weapons, there's more things that they can do. Mm-hmm. And I'm really curious to see who they get in the first round and who they play off, who they shrink off and who they actually guard if if Isaac's out there are they actually going to guard him i've talked to teams that say no they're not going to guard him if evan is on the perimeter our teams actually going to guard him or Are they going to shrink off him and these guys just have to make the shots they yeah. got to make shots and punish teams that aren't going to guard them
1: i think that's why a game like last night is in the big picture it's, it's a regular loss whatever but it's frustrating cuz the game that was right there and yep. i do legitimately think for the cavs especially seating matters like yeah and, and I don't want to over – the Cavs can beat anyone in the playoffs. On any given night, they can win any series. But getting that two seed and potentially avoiding Boston till the conference finals and having your – I don't want to say pick the litter. You're going to play someone tough in the second round. But potentially Milwaukee as opposed to having to go through New York or Philadelphia or possibly Miami in the first round, then Boston in the second round, opens up a, a tremendously different path. Yeah. To a conference
0: championship and hopefully the nba finals well a two seed you're getting a play in team three seed you're not three seed you're getting a six seed At a two seed you're gonna get a play in that that's substantial yeah i think the difference between one and two is not as significant as it is between two and three two and three is one and two whatever of course you want home court throughout yes of course fine but it's really between two and three and getting play in team versus getting a six yeah team. well that play in team could be, could be. It or Philly, yeah. and that would be problematic. Yeah, that would be problematic. That would like, be a worst case scenario.
2: I tell you what though, I did like the way that the the Cavs rallied at the end. You know, because it hmm? was at a point where I think it was down like maybe six. They were down
1: ten points with a minute twenty. Yeah, left.
2: something like that. Because I had walked away from the TV screen like one twenty, one ten, and I came 1.6. back after Donovan had just hit the shot. The M one. A, no, no. Donovan hit the three to put them down. I think it was one point. Yeah and I was like, oh, shoot, and they had a chance. The guy, Tyrese Maxey misses the free throw, splits the free throws, gives them a chance, and, you know, I see, I I, I just went, why did he miss that three, man? That, it, it's crazy, but it was, I just like to fight them. It shows that they actually care, and, and I thought Donovan's quote at the end was like, we got bored with winning. Yeah. You know, we came out, our defense was bad, and they made up for it, but you can see that. I think at that moment, they realized, like, we got to play a full game. We can't. Just flirt around with the first half, and then try to make up in the second half. You got to play a full game.
3: Oh, what's up? Hey, when DJ, uh, when uh, Darius Garland took that shot, I was ready to get torn to shreds on social media. (laughs) I was waiting on it like I had my phone in my hand. I was about to turn off all comments, (laughs) all everything. I was just waiting on him to hit it. So, but I was like you. I was hoping he hit it. I thought he played a great game yesterday. Um, Like Jason said, the zero turnovers, nine assists. I thought that he asserted himself uh, early. The pick and roll between him and Evan Mobley was great. I thought his hustle was great all game. He played, what, 31 minutes? Like, he's getting better each game. But for whatever reason, coming into last night, I was like, man, this is going to be the night that you actually see him, like, put the ball in the basket. I just really, really wish, even if I would have get, like, like, shredded to pieces on, on social media, you I would have I took it if yeah. him had hit that game with a shot. I would have took it. And. These kind of weird losses happen
1: all over the NBA. The Celtics, who are the best team in basketball, the best record, lost to the Lakers last week when LeBron and AD didn't play. That's a game there's no reason Boston should lose. The Knicks have lost four or five right now. Denver lost by 20 to Utah two weeks ago. Like, fluke games happen, and give Philadelphia credit. They didn't miss. I mean, Buddy Heald went supernova yes, he in the fourth did. quarter. <laughs> Kelly O'Cray had his second-best offensive performance of the night. Paul Reed, as a starting unit, four of their five starters outside of Tyrese Maxey, All missed fewer than five shots. It was an absurd shooting performance. There's going to be games like that. But it's funny, we've talked about Dean Wade, and I know G's not a fan of him, and his numbers in the box score never look great. But he brings something they don't really have elsewhere outside of Dean Wade. And last night, I kept thinking to myself, they need Dean Wade. And that's something I never thought I would say. As a, as a Cavs fan watching this team from last year to this year. You know, they needed him last night.
2: You know what's sad is that in Cleveland sports, we say that about a lot of players. We said that about football season was Jed Wills. We said that. Never thought we'd need Jed Wills. But yeah. It's, it's crazy how the, the the guys that you develop, the developmental guys are the ones that's like the backbone because they're like glue guys. You know, you don't, you don't know that you need them until they're not there. And you're like, man, he would have been great in that spot. And yeah, yeah, you needed Dean Wade for those defensive and those that, those potentially two threes that he could potentially make. It would have been huge to have that come off the bench. So, and he's
0: nine. And, and that's what I'm saying. He, the size gives is just. He some legit just, size on the it's perimeter. Just, you can't coach the size. You just compared a number 10 overall pick at left tackle. <laughs> you know what I mean. To an undrafted dude <laughs> You at know what I mean.
2: <laughs> you know what I mean. Everybody was ready to I was going to let him
0: go with it because I know his point. <laughs> you know I what, I, what a, I mean. I thought it was a reach, but I knew what you, he was trying to You know what say. I'm
2: trying to Yeah. Everybody <laughs> hated Jed Wills. Hey,
0: I was the one trying to defend that man. They and you came in here and said he You You guys are right. He's not good. I had to break up with him after the second game when he went on that IR, what did you say? Before he got no, hurt. No no no, 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 no. Before he got hurt, what was I saying? If he goes down, y'all gonna be talking different about Jed Wills. Yeah. I said that all summer long. And then that man came out with two of the biggest swinging gate games I've ever seen in my life in the first two games. You could have laid a two by four down at left tackle. <laughs> and it would have done a better job because at least someone would have had to step over it on their way to the quarterback. <laughs> he was horrendous those two games. Do you, and then he got better.
1: Do you agree on the Dean Wade point, though, that last night was a game that kind of showed
0: what he brings to this team that they lack oh, for when sure. he's not there? And all you need from him, you don't need Kevin Love 2017, no, 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 That's no, why I said those team. two threes and that defense and those That's rebounds. It. That's yes, it. Yes, you, <laughs> you need eight points out of him. You need a couple of threes, four or five rebounds, spread the floor, play good defense That's for... It. 18 minutes a night. Yeah. That's what you need. That's that's it. It's not a big ask for what they but it's very important to uh, to how they play. So he's not gonna play thirty-five minutes, he's not gonna score thirty points a night, he's not gonna make five threes in a night. Like that's not what you're asking him to do. So you're not asking a lot, but what you're asking of him is very important. It's almost like I'll give you another one. We'll go back to another Brown. I'll give you Juan Thornhill in terms of Everyone thought Wine had a bad year, and I went back to what you said, and then I started paying attention to it, and I really noticed it. He had four or five game-saving tackles that I saw where it's like, if you don't get him down, yeah. it's, it's either to the house or it's a 50-yard play. So you don't need him until you need him, but when you need him, you really need him, and that's sort of how I view Dean. I mean, that's post safety for you. It's <laughs> just a couple of threes that you need. That's it. And just spread the floor you are you do have to guard him. He mm. does have a reputation as a shooter. Yeah. This isn't Isaac that we're talking about. This isn't Evan Mobley. This is a legitimate stretch four out there that you have to know where he's at on the floor. So what he gives you, it's not a lot in volume, but it's very important to what they do.
1: And if you look at the Cavs' roster construction, Max Strews is 6'4", six, 6'5". Six, yeah. Okoro, 6'4", 6'5". Levert, 6'4", 6'5". six 6'6", six, 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 with the vertical leap of half an inch. <laughs> I love George, my guy. But like... <laughs>
0: They call him a minivan for a reason. Yeah, yeah, the
1: G-Wagon for a reason. (laughs) All their wings are 6'4", 6'5", 6'6". Donovan's 6'1", 6'2". Darius is 6'6". It's not a big
0: team outside of. They're a
1: small team. They have Evan and Jarrett, two 7-footers. Outside of that, it's a relatively small team. And to match up with some of the bigger wings on the perimeter, especially in the playoffs, I mean, you're looking at a Boston team. Jalen Brown, Jason Tatum. New York, Ananobi, Bogdanovich, Julius Randle. That's 6'9", 6'8", defender in Dean Wade is gonna be called upon in some crucial situations just based off his pure physical stature, that even though he may not be as good as some of the other guys the Cavs can throw out there in terms of their overall talent, he's got four or five inches to make life more difficult for those guys he'll be guarding. And last night was another example where I just thought the sheer lack of size they had guarding some of the Sixers' wings, it came back to bite him the How ends. did we
2: get to that, though? Remember when Lori Marketing was here, we had like three legit seven-footers in the lineup, didn't we?
0: Yeah. Well, he wasn't seven feet. They stretched that a little bit. You know bit. what I mean. But, yeah, did but you, and, and that's how J.B. likes to play. J.B. likes, like, he's never hit. J.B. Bickerstaff is very much like, size. he's a 90s coach. He likes size. He likes physicality. He likes to win with defense. He's not a big fan of this. Small Pace line. and space, small lineups. Which
1: makes what he's done this year
0: so incredible. I know. Yeah. And he's, the, like, in the beginning, he was even grudgingly saying, like, you know, with all these injuries, we have no choice. We just have to run down and jack up threes. And and it's working for him. But that's not his preferred style of play. He would prefer the Lowry, Markkinen, Mobley, Jared Allen front line. Mm-hmm. He likes big, tough guys, big, aggr- like, a, a lot of size. Yeah. That to, because a lot of teams don't play like that. There's very, very few. And that's why they had so much success. With Markkinen. And to Markkinen's credit, like, he was always supposed to be a good player. Like, go back to Chicago. He was seventh overall pick. Yeah, he was supposed to be a star. It didn't work out for him in Chicago. He really started to put the wheels back on his one year in Cleveland. Now, obviously, he's blossomed in Utah. Mm-hmm. And and that's a credit to him. But I mean, And also give the Cavs credit for moving him to the three and making him a three. That had never happened before. Yeah. He had never yeah. played that spot before. But they were having trouble filling the three. They couldn't really find one. And so they created one out of Larry Markkinen. Helped him out. And the rest of the system. Yeah, and he's
1: obviously blossomed to a two time all star now. He's yeah. playing out of his mind. But uh, that I don't think that would have happened here in Cleveland. He wouldn't have gotten got the touches again. here. Exactly. He yeah. had to go to a situation where he could be the number one guy and he's taking the most making the most of it. So overall before we move on any long-lasting concerns from last night's game? We just chalk it up to 76ers made some shots. Yeah, stinks they lost, but it is what it is. Yeah,
2: I mean it's the NBA. You're gonna lose. You're gonna drop a game yeah. like that every now and again.
0: They get Philly again uh, next week, don't they? I think is it first game out of the break next week, or am I behind on the schedule? They got Chicago
2: tomorrow. So I know like, that. We always lose to them right before All Star Weekend. We did the same thing
0: last yeah. year. Yeah, like that was at. Were they at Philly coming out of the break? Last? I don't remember, but they've. I, I think they're at Philly coming out of the break.
1: Uh, not their first game. It's their second, second game. Okay. They start so. with Orlando on Thursday, then they're Philly back-to-back okay. on Friday. All right. So, so they'll, they'll get another crack at
0: Philly, Philly. Yeah. next week. That's a, that's a pretty good back-to-back, Orlando-Philly. Orlando-Philly. Orlando <laughs> home.
1: Uh, I just had it it's up. It's probably, yeah. I think Orlando's at home. Uh, Orlando is home, correct, according to the ESPN app, if I'm reading that correctly. Uh, Earl, we were just talking about threes. You want to do a read and send us off to our one-on-one conversation with maybe what could be the Cavs' future starting small forward?
3: For sure, man. Make sure tonight at 5 o'clock you catch Jason Lloyd, Mikey McNuggets, live for another episode of the Ultimate Cleveland Cavaliers show. Fellas, what y'all going to be talking about tonight? We're talking about whether or not this Cavs team has the potential
1: to be the best non-LeBron Cavs team of all time. Mm. Donovan Mitchell's secret to his success and why he is the exception to the superstar rule in the NBA in a good way i talk a little Evan Mobley. We're going to try to answer a few fan questions this time. We ran out of time last time, but we'll be better. A little less long-winded, and it should be a good one. Tune it live,
0: leave your questions. For
3: sure, for sure. So make sure you check the Ultimate Cavs show tonight with Jason Lloyd, Mikey McNuggets. Make sure you subscribe to the Ultimate Cleveland Sports Show. Ring the bell to get notified when that show goes live. Yesterday, me, you, and G had a spirited conversation with Imani Bates, man. I thought it went very well. Go ahead and set that up. Yeah, so we had a chance. This was recorded yesterday afternoon. We've obviously talked
1: on, about Amani Bates on this show a lot. <laughs> Mostly good. Some non-believers here, but hopefully they will become believers. G. Bush was the leader of the Amani Bates bandwagon from the get-go, so Amani was kind enough to take a few minutes after practice to sit down and talk with us about what he's learned this season, what he hopes to accomplish in his career, his top five one-on-one scores in NBA history, and a few more nuggets i think you all enjoy this is imani bates yesterday with me g and earl all uh, right this has been a long time coming mm-hmm. this is imani bates his debut on the ultimate cleveland sports show and imani i'm not sure if you even know this but i'm sitting next to g bush right here who is the single biggest Amani bates fan in the world he called your success before the draft he wanted the Cavs mm-hmm. to draft you before the draft mm-hmm. boards even came out, it happened and he's been taking a victory lap all season. So I'm gonna pass them like to G Bush for yeah, this first question here.
4: Listen, listen, young fella. I'm, I'm a big fan of your game. I'm a big fan mm-hmm. of your, your, your story. Um, mm-hmm. And uh, we'll just start off um, by just saying this, look, um, you know, a lot of people don't know about your story in high school and a lot of people don't know that you reclassified. You was at the University mm-hmm. of Memphis uh, at the age mm-hmm. of 17 years old. Um, mm-hmm. You know, give the fans a, a little bit of, a, you know, a, a history lessons in terms of, you know, you being a student of the game and, and you being able to, to you know, think the game as well.
5: Mm-hmm. Um, I mean, I've been playing basketball since I was three years old. So, I mean, that's all I've been doing since I was a kid. So um, really just growing up, well, I just fell in love with basketball. I mean, my dad played, he played overseas for a couple years so it's like uh, basketball I've been in my family my whole life so i just been a steward of the game like growing up just since i was a kid watching from my dad either it's the nba or just going to play pickup you know what i mean just learning the all-around game just seeing it every day even at the park
3: yo imani man earl of pearl man first off man welcome to welcome to the ultimate cleveland sports show <laughs> and happy belated birthday bro i understand your birthday was uh january 28th appreciate it. yeah i appreciate that yeah my uh, my daughter turned 16 on the 31st so Man, know, that's crazy, Aquarius. You're yeah, Aquarius sh- shout for out sure. to y'all, Aquarius, man. So, uh, I'm gonna just get straight to it. I am a young man who that had to redeem himself, you know, more than once, and I done had some ups and downs. Um, so, I love you, your story, and just everything about it. You know, speak to going from, you know, the number one overall player in the country, getting to Memphis, mm-hmm. going through the hardships that you went through, and now trying to mm-hmm. bounce yourself back at just 20 years old. Um, what have the ups and downs early on in life kind of like helped mold you to as a player and as a man?
5: Mm, to be honest, uh, I feel like everything I've been through, like, it's like it happened to me at the right time. I mean, you see a lot of people now today, like a lot of grown ups, like they go through stuff that uh, that I've been through like now later on in life. Like a lot of stuff that you feel me, you wouldn't think that I would get thrown at you at a young age got thrown at me. So, I mean, really just I feel like I'm happy that everything happening right now, even like just me growing every day and just figuring out myself and how to become a better human being and just being better overall is like is a huge step in life so I feel like I mean just keeping my head up and keeping the main thing the main thing is what got me through the through everything for real. I'm on it through
1: about halfway through the G League season little no further you're averaging 21 points shooting 40 percent from the field 40 percent from three on tremendous mm-hmm. volume and I say that as a compliment as a guy who played D3 basketball mm-hmm. only shot threes like I'm jealous of the fact of the green light you have and lights you have so Amani mm-hmm. I, you go in shooting streaks you get hot go cold back and forth and I know you want to be mm-hmm. playing with the NBA team you're, you're stuck with the G League right now and kind of fluctuating back and forth but how do you keep the confidence up through all the trials and tribulations of what is your first professional basketball season?
5: Mm, to be honest, just remain myself. Like uh, Whether I'm playing in the G League, or at the park, and then up there with the Cavs, I just got to remain myself. So, I mean, really, I feel like if I keep that mindset, it's going to uh, keep me a long way. I mean, if you don't motivate yourself and inspire yourself, who else will, you know what I mean?
4: You know, you, you, you have two teammates um, we watched in the Summer League. Um, and to be truthful, a lot of people in our media didn't think that that Summer League squad. They're like, listen, why y'all watching Summer League? And I said, listen, you got Sam Merrill. You got Amani Bates. Um, you you got a lot of guys on that level. Uh, Porter Jr. Um, that mm-hmm. that can contribute. Um, are are people surprised that you guys are contributing the way you ha- you have and we're able to kind of springboard from the summer league to now where you, you guys are still playing well. You in the G League. Congratulations mm-hmm. being on an All Star team in the G League. And those other two appreciate- guys getting an opportunity to play.
5: For sure, I appreciate that. I mean, going into training camp, I mean, like just. Watching everybody, we all had the hunger to get better and, like, you know, just see everybody grind and, you know what I mean? Like, going to summer league with a mind and, like, we wanted to win. Like, that was our mindset. So, you know what I mean? Everybody kind of go to Vegas, like, we're going to have fun. But we really locked in, I, I, and I can feel it after the first couple of games, like, especially after the second game, like, we was like, we might as well just try to get the championship. And I feel like we bonded together and got uh, – we got together, and we all locked in, walked, locked in on film every time we had a session. Uh, we asked coach questions and he helped us out so i mean and we've stuck uh stuck with the game plan so i feel like us we just we really just locked in and them, them guys you know they playing up and handling business right now too so i mean it all translate
1: yeah they're taking care of business amani this might be the most important question you've been asked today or ever you mm-hmm. sam merrill donovan darius and george niang 103 pointers mm-hmm. making the most
5: me? I gotta okay. go myself.
1: Stop talking. You already no, know that was a, that, No, that was the test and he I passed the confidence test. My man
5: didn't even laugh. <laughs> no LOL it's
1: it's and a, it's a confi- Shooter to shooter, no, sure. he passed the confidence test 100%. That's, that yeah. was the, the right answer. Mike
3: didn't ask you the right question, man. I'm going to ask you the right question, man. <laughs> I'm from Cleveland, bro. First of all, you <laughs> and me, a Mia West kid just like me. So shout out to yes. the Mia West, right? But sure. be, being here, two-part question. How do you love Cleveland so far? What's your favorite part about it? And dn too, I ask mm-hmm. everybody this question: Corn beef. Mm-hmm. I know you're familiar with corned beef. You're from Michigan, but
5: Polish mm-hmm. boys. Which one is your favorite? I don't have to be honest. Probably go with probably go corned beef for sure for that. Yeah. Ah. What was your first question again? Say the first question uh,
3: Like, Like you in Cleveland now, you from the Midwest, so I know it ain't too many things that's different between yeah, yeah, Ann Arbor yeah. and Cleveland, but what's your favorite part about mm-hmm. this city?
5: Uh, I mean, everything is close to each other. I mean, like downtown is real nice, you know what I mean? Like food spots, you can walk around, everything close to each other. And Michigan is like, where I live at, it's kind of like space. Like, you might have to get the car to go get some food. But, like, it's like, there's a lot of food places around each other. You can just walk around the city. The city looks nice downtown. So, for me, it's just being downtown. Like, I'm not really used to being downtown. I'm to be honest. You
4: know, um, we asked Craig Porter Jr., uh, you know, the same thing when he was on. Um, you know, you me da- and Earl, the, my man, we, we go back and forth with the Jays. Like, we go back mm-hmm. and forth. Like, right now, if you had to ask on the Cavaliers, who got the meanest shoe game?
5: Ah oh, man, uh I could not even. <laughs> to be honest, it have to go with probably Dine Vert. Probably Dine Vert. I ain't gonna lie. Yeah, probably Dine Vert. See, you, you, you
4: listen. You take out. Tell them. Listen, hey, big bro, OG. When you get a pair. <laughs> I get a period. I say like Absolutely. you. <laughs> hey, hey, no, anybody, you know, I'm,
3: I'm, I'm going to let you back on something because, like, this is my man's right here. So, we here and we had another sports entity together, right? So, I produce for him on the radio. And so, when he yeah. said it, I, I make sure his Saturday interviews are set up at 10 so I can hit that sneaker app so I can get my drop. So, I ain't even got to be doing nothing, right? That's how I got them Cherry 12s. I got the gratitudes on right now, bro. So, stop showing them. You me. already know stop what's up. Stop showing them. I wear like 15. <laughs>
1: Amani, the Cavs right now on the NBA level 117-18, we're taping this Monday afternoon just so everyone understands they play the Sixers tonight, but what's it like yeah. kind of watching this team come together in a way that they're playing a different style than we expected them before the season. Now they're kind of going one in, four out. Everyone's coming together playing their best basketball. How much fun is it, and from your perspective, what's been the most kind of interesting and biggest learning lesson you've got from the Cavs in the last month and a half now where they're the best team in basketball?
5: Mm, to be honest everybody professional and i mean they all carry themselves a certain way you right? know what i mean they all locked in they got their routines down and it's like it works, I mean, you see they go in day in and night out and they do the same thing. And they stick to the game plan, it's it's, it's amazing to watch, it's great basketball. I mean, who wasn't wouldn't want to you know, see that and be around it? So, of course, I just try to watch everything they do. But for them, it starts on defense. That's the main thing coach is always preaching for them. And they always execute the defensive plan. So, I mean, watching them is, is always fun. Yo, Imani, man, I really believe in the
3: bottom of my heart that you got superstar potential. Right, you don't mm-hmm. go from being the number one ranked player in an entire nation to all of a sudden not knowing how to hoop at all, and sure. you know I've been on this show. I said you know I think Imani is going to be a baller one day, and sometimes mm-hmm. people will say the, re- the rebuttal to that is, well, Imani Bates is in the G League and he's a second mm-hmm. round pick, and historically yeah. second round picks really don't turn out to be much in the NBA. So tell the people mm-hmm. today why you're the exception to that rule.
5: Because first of all. I believe in myself, and I never settle for. You know what I mean? I mean, everybody got their own opinion on how they feel, but I know how I feel about myself, and I know my goals, and I'm gonna chase them. I don't care how long it take. It take three years, four years, or five. I'm gonna keep chasing the same goal, and like you said, I'm gonna be a superstar in this league. It's only a matter of time. So, for me, it's all about keeping the main thing, the main thing. Keep grinding. In time and tell. We, we gotta circle back to this question, and everybody. Oh,
3: be, for sure you know we, we will. <laughs> we keep receipts around here.
0: <laughs> yeah.
3: Um. You know. Sure. My.
4: You know. One. One. I guess one final question is, um, what what has uh, Coach JB, bigger staff, um, some of your mentors, uh, my man Booby Gibson, um, even you know what I'm saying even the front office, what have they said that they want you to come back with in your game? That's gonna mm-hmm. that's gonna get you those minutes, and that's gonna be put you a, the availability to show your talents on the court. What do they want you to work on? We know you got to step mm-hmm. back. We know you got to from
5: from forty five sure. feet. What is it that they mm-hmm. want you to do to improve on? Um, just being a all around player. You know what I mean. Doing it on both ends every single night. You know what I mean. Being able to play defense. Um, execute the game plan every single time. And that's my main focus right now, just being able to guard me and everybody know I can score the ball. But it's like adding that defensive part. I feel like if I have both of those, defense and offense, I feel like that's just gonna help me and my game even more. So just being more dominant on both ends of the floor and that's all they preach to me is just keep getting better and locking in on the defense and offensively, just keep being yourself.
3: Speaking of locking in, so I'm, I'm huge on the rap music, trap music, whatever you want to call it. And when mm-hmm. I'm on a panel or when I'm getting ready to produce a show, uh, right now I'm listening to Big X, the plug, uh, Change. Mm-hmm so what mm-hmm. do you what you listening to right now
5: um friday uh blessings um came too far just i listen to a lot of friday just because he's like a motivational like i motivate motivator and the things he talk about make sense yeah. so it's like him. i got my favorite rapper huncho i listen to him just they they the way they rap is like how i kind of go about my day-to-day just motivate get up go get it Ain't no really excuses. Nobody going to hand you nothing. You got to go up and go get it. Even the days you don't feel like it, that's the days you got to get in there. Respect. Right. Amani, we
1: got our last question. We'll let you run. We really appreciate you taking some time to talk to us today, but we don't let any guest come on the show without doing some sort of ranking. So we got to ask you to rank something for us. You're an unbelievable one-on-one scorer, step-back mm-hmm. jumper, ISO, you name it. Amani can do it. And you're mm-hmm. the three best all-time one-on-one scorers in the NBA putting you on the spot <laughs> you gotta ask you can't even that, give me five three do you want you on five sure I'm on you on five let's try to make it easier
5: for me I can Like these five Kobe one they gotta be in
1: order. no just we'll do top five any order Kobe oh
5: yeah bet Kobe Tracy McGrady mm-hmm. um AI mm-hmm. MJ and KD done that's Amani Bates. That's a, that's
1: a damn leaver. good top five. Yeah, that's, a, that's, that's top a hell of a five. top
4: five, man.
1: That is Amani Bates. Check him out with the Cleveland Cavaliers, the Cleveland Charge, coming to a Cleveland basketball court near you. Amani, we appreciate it. Best of luck the rest of the appreciate season, and we'll see you playing at Rocket Mortgage Fieldhouse here. Be great, bro. In the near Salute. Future. And that was Imani Bates, the Cavs' second-round pick from last season. Tybus, we'll talk about the interview in one sec, but you were reacting to his top five individual one-on-one scores of all time. Yeah. He went with T-Mac, Kobe, AI, Jordan, KD. Do you agree with his top five? or that is Did he a, miss somebody?
2: He definitely missed somebody for sure, but, uh, you know, he's young. He so you put
1: Giannis I, on there?
2: Come on now. It's, Giannis can't be stopped. But we talking one on one scores. You know these kids. These kids today, they they have, they fatuated with you know the dribbles and all of the pull up game and all that stuff. And that's not Giannis' style. Giannis plays bully ball. So I understand why he wouldn't include Giannis on that. But the rest of the list, I respect, especially the T Mac. That was like my favorite player growing up was T Mac. So I respect his whole list. He a kid does study basketball now you get some size like Giannis you could go in there and bully ball your way in there cuz you already got the jumper you go in and get some Giannis size you can go in there and bully your way in there and, uh, lay up and one and you could be the greatest scorer of all time so it's my thought
0: Jason what do you think of that thought I like to actually I like the T-Mac pull because it just feels like McGrady doesn't get the same level of respect as as he should and maybe some other players in cuz the playoffs. Ne- never had the playoffs success yeah and for you you can tell Imani studies the game to to be able to pull that uh he had another oh and ai i mean everyone knows ai but still to go with two old timers like that or for him old timers yeah i mean tracy was probably in his prime when amani was in diapers yeah so <laughs> yeah, anything I, that he's seen is on
1: tracy scored what 61 in 2002 amani was born in 2004
0: yeah yeah,
1: yeah uh, so he was yeah he was not in diapers he was twinkle in his mom's eye. when T-Mac went for his career high. Uh, Ty, his overall impressions of the interview, though. You, oh. I know you weren't there, Imani. He hit on everything, yeah. learning from the Cavs, what he has to do to improve, to get to where he wants to get to, keeping his head down, keeping his confidence up. Would you make it the first time we've spoken to the 20-year-old? Well, he
2: comes off as a guy who who wants to learn. You can tell that he, he knows the things that he lacks in the NBA and what he needs to get better at. And you can tell that he's got a great group of people around him that's helping him understand you have to do these things if you want to be successful in the NBA. And I like that. Um, he definitely doesn't lack confidence at all. I mean, he... He, he spoke a lot, of, uh, a lot about how he has confidence and how he believes in himself. And I think ultimately that is, when you're in a professional level, that is the biggest thing you can have, confidence. If you don't have confidence, you will not make it long. You can make it a little bit, but you won't make it long and you won't be ultimately the greatest. So I like the fact that he has his confidence there. And he just seems like a guy that really enjoys the game, playing the game of basketball. He said his father, he's fell in love with his, with, it, with his dad, played overseas, and he's been studying the game. So I, I like who he is. I like that he's around this great Cavs group. Um, and I think that eventually we will see him make it to the NBA. And I think he has the game that can really contribute to the Cavs winning some games. It's just the defense. You got to just slide your feet some more get some more effort in there. And I think that comes with time.
0: He's got some work to do. Uh, I, I became like the Imani hater over the summer, right? Because we were talking about him every freaking day. And it was like, guys, what are we doing? <laughs> said, he's not going to play. That was my whole point. <laughs> this year, he ain't going to play. And, and we're seeing that play out. He's in the G League. And I'm not going to say that guy's never going to have a good career. Like, that's, that's insane to say when he's a rookie. He's got his whole, everything in front of him still. If he puts in the work and he gets the right opportunity, you just need a break. You take advantage of that and you can make a nice career for yourself. My only point all summer long was he is not going to play this year. So what are we doing here? And you can take a long list of G league guys who made all-star teams and try and find them in the NBA. And it don't always, it hardly ever translates from G league all-star to long successful NBA career. But there are a lot of people in the Cavs. I've spoken to people in the Cavs who are really high on him and think that he has a chance to make it. So I'm not going to sit here and say he's not going to make it. He's learning how to play within the concept of team basketball this year. And it's not just playground, go get your go get yours. He has to learn the concept of defending within the team of of playing team defense and one-on-one defense and all that. That's what he's doing this year. That's what and they want him around the players. So he's playing in the G League, but by the Cavs moving their G League up to Cleveland and having their facilities in the building, the G League players are around the NBA players. And so he's on the bench a lot for a lot of the games and, and they want him in that. NBA environment. So, this is a project. It's a long-term project. It's one thing to be a second-round pick or an undrafted pick and sort of, like, come out of nowhere. Everybody knows who Amani Bates is. Everybody knew that name. Everybody knows the game. And so, for all of those teams to pass on him, it's like, I don't know, because everybody, this isn't some surprise. This isn't Nikola Jokic that they found overseas somewhere. Everybody knows about him. But if he puts in the work, sure, of course he's got a chance. But he's got a lot of work to do between now and then.
1: Here are my two favorite things I took away from talking to Amani yesterday. Or three. One, he just was a cool guy. And Earl, you can attest to this. He was came off super personable. Uh, he got shots up after practice, so the interview got pushed back a little bit. He said, Hey, sorry, I gotta get my work in though. Hopefully you guys understand. Of course we understood. Second, the confidence. And to Titus's point, in any situation, basketball, football, soccer, baseball, confidence is half the battle. Yeah. Maybe not fifty percent, but it's it's a large portion. Yeah, yeah, I'm about of it. to say, it's up there. And you know, I asked him that question and he answered about who would make the most shots, and he answered definitively myself. And, you know, you guys kind of busted on me for being like, that's a silly question. Well, I just wanted to see if the confidence was there, and it was in spades. He talked about not necessarily keeping receipts, but he said, I want to revisit this conversation in a few years when I establish myself as an NBA player, and to have that confidence still as a guy who was the number one overall high school prospect – had his trials and tribulations to get to where he is now. He's in the G League. He's having a very successful and productive season in the G League but hasn't gotten the opportunities on the Cavs that he's wanted yet. The fact that he's still motivated keeping his head up and pushing forward makes me think he's on the right track mm-hmm. to finding a place in the NBA. And last and most importantly, I asked him, what did what you kind of learn from this recent hot stretch from the Cavs? And to Jason's point, Imani's on the bench for every home game for the Cavs. If the Chargers aren't out of town playing, Amani's sitting where Robin Lopez sat last season, and the difference is Robin was in uniform, Amani's in street clothes, but he's on the bench. and They talked about being a sponge and just soaking up all the information from Donovan and Darius and guys like Max Struess and George Niang who have been on deep playoff runs, played in NBA Finals, and learning what it takes to be a true professional. And you combined that knowledge, and he just turned 20. His birthday was just a few weeks ago. Kid can't even buy a beer yet. To be that young and that talented, to now be in a situation where everything is being given to you to help you put yourself in a position to succeed you have the veteran presence you have the coaching staff that believes in you you have a city that's helping kind of come together to rise you up who knows how his career turned out mm-hmm. no one knows but i think he's in a good a position here as he could be to go from a guy who was the number one overall prospect to undraftable on some teams boards now a guy who's thriving in the G League. I came away very impressed by Monty. I
2: just hope that he doesn't get bored or frustrated with the process because I, I can understand this. When I was in Seattle as a rookie, right, I played DB. Obviously, you know, in Seattle at this time it's the L.O.B.
1: Sherm, Chancellor, Earl, Earl Thomas, yeah, all of those, and not Earl the Pearl, Earl Thomas, and it's me like. Clarify.
2: It's like you can get frustrated. Like, yeah, it's nice to learn from these guys because they're they're the best in the game and you're learning, but. You want to play. Exactly. Selfishly, it's like, all right, I learned as much as I can learn from y'all. Like, I want to play, but I'm not going to play over y'all. Like, that's just mm-hmm. just not going to happen. I hope that for him, he doesn't look at this, this roster and be like, I'm never going to play here. So, like, what am I doing? And then, like, want out of Cleveland and go somewhere else to try to flourish. Which I would understand because at the end of the day, you want to play in the NBA and you want to do your thing. But, like, to him, I hope he don't never fall into a situation where he looks and is like, they're never going to let me play over Dean
1: Wade or something like that. Well, two things. A, he's 6'8". We just talked about in the last topic, their wings they are not big. Summer. They need size. Yeah, yeah. He fits the need. And also, I'm curious, he played with Sam Merrill and Craig Porter Jr. in the summer league when they mm. won the championship mm-hmm. out in Vegas. Sam Merrill's carved a legitimate rotation role on this Cavs roster. Craig Porter Jr. Has come in as an undrafted guy and filled a, a, a need when Darius was hurt. He's kind of fallen out of the rotation now just because they have so many guys back. But to see those two come through the same position he was in, in a way, and carve out a niche for themselves within the current Cavs roster. It's inspiring. I, gotta, I, I would hope he's inspired it's by that and not discouraged but you, that but other players But you know
2: what he'll say to himself? I'm better than them. Exactly. What's, what's I hope he's inspired say, and not discouraged. I'm better him. than them. So why is they holding me back? That's that's what he'll feel. And then it, he could, you could get frustrated and be like, you know what? Tate, T-H with this. I'm out of here. I'm going somewhere where I can actually play, where they're going to appreciate
1: you. I did not get that sense talking to him. I, I know. Say, I'm knows, just, how, I'm not, not saying
2: that's that how he is. I'm yeah. saying I'm hoping that yeah. he doesn't get that yeah. feeling. That's the whole point of me saying it because I, I can understand how you can get frustrated with that. But I wanted to point something out. Last night... While we was talking about the mighty Bates, he was talking about how defense was something he had to work on. Last night, I was watching uh watching it on uh, Direct TV. Shout out to my father for letting me use his account. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> I was watching the game, and they had pointed out Keris LeVert was locked, was mic'd up, uh-huh. and before they had asked him, you know, about the Cavs this year and whatnot, he was talking about. We need to be, we got to talk more on defense. We've been better because we've been talking more on defense. And then they show clips of him just communicating defensive things. And I, it's nice to see that. I'm hoping that Imani Bates sees a guy like Karras and see what he's doing, how he's communicating on defense, how important it is for the talk on defense so everybody's on the same page. And hopefully he can put that
0: to his game when he's down in the, in the G League. You have an interesting point about Porter and Merrill. And, and Amani, and the difference to me, Sam Merrill's 27 years old, and he's on at least his fourth organization. Mm-hmm. Amani's 20, just starting out.
1: And Porter Junior's I 23.
0: Porter is older too. And 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 Craig filled an immediate need because the Ricky Rubio thing fell apart. Yeah. Ty Jerome was hurt. Darius goes down. They needed the heck a ball Henry to Ty Jerome I forgot So along. he's been hurt all year. So they had they had a real need. And, he, and to his credit, like that's what I said earlier, you need an opportunity. Well, Craig Porter got an opportunity, took advantage of it. I wouldn't be surprised if he's converted. He's on a two way contract right now. I'd say by the end of the year, he'll probably have a, a, a contract from mm, the Cavs. He yeah. won't be a two way player anymore. You know, Max Struess has been healthy. Okoro, there's a long list of guys in front of him right now. But again, he's only 20 years old. He's got a lot to learn. Sam Merrill's 27. Think yeah. about how long he's been. That is the forgotten part away. about Merrill. Yeah, he's been grinding away at this. He was cut by the Kings. Uh, He was with Milwaukee for a while. He was with Miami briefly. He's bounced around. He's been to the G League. He's summer league. It's 27-year-old dudes in summer league. Like, that's unheard of. Like Normally, you're you're done by then. So, he has been on that grind that Amani's just starting out on. So And Amani is playing. He's going to play in the G League. I know it's not the same as the NBA. But it's not like in the NFL where if you can't play on Sunday, you're not going to play. Like, there is no other league for you to go to. Right. The G League – the, the NBA and, and the G League has come a long way from where it was even 10 years ago, 15 years ago. They're trying to truly make it a development league, sort of like the minor leagues, AAA for baseball, where you can send guys and develop them and groom them. The Cavs have done a nice job with some of these guys on the margins and finding talent and mining it and developing it. They've had a lot of success doing that. And Marilyn Porter, are the latest examples. And if Imani sticks with it, he could be that, too. It's going to take him a little bit of time. But he could be that guy in a couple of years.
3: Hmm. Earl, what was your big takeaway from talking to My biggest takeaway was uh, the personal growth. Imani is 20 years old and has, you know, unfortunately found himself in some adverse moments already. And it really made me just think about myself because if I'm being totally honest, I found myself in some serious trouble more often than not between the ages of 18 and 21. And so to hear him speak about how everything that he went through happened to him right on time and how there are people who are twice his age who you know, really haven't overcome certain, certain obstacles or whatever the case may be, you appreciate somebody who go through some stuff and can become wiser behind the uh, things that they go through. That's the maturity that I think Tyvus was alluding to. You know what I mean? When you see that type of maturity, that's why I'm encouraged that he's gonna stick it out and continue to work hard and not really worry about you know, how, how much talent is on the cast roster or will or whatnot on play. Like he said, he's confident. You know, just keep what you're doing. He says something. Just keep the main thing the main thing. Yep. And as long as he he keep doing that, he'll be cool because the biggest thing about it is he's 20. You hope that his life is much longer than his NBA career. And some of the stuff that he's been through and clearly has learned from, those are the things that can take him further in life than it ever will on the court. So,
1: Yeah, it was impressive. He doesn't like doing media. And we got a text afterwards that he said he enjoyed that and would love to come back on. So hopefully that's not the last time we speak with Amani Bates. If you liked it hit the like button, hit the subscribe button. We'll hopefully get Amani back on soon. Earl, it's time for our special Black History Month Spotlight of the Day.